You can only be influenced by things you give the power of influence to. I'll say that again. You can only be influenced by the things that you give the power of influence to. Hey, what's up? My name's Ron Banks, and I'm passionate about all things creativity, intentional living, habit building, and helping strong-minded individuals like you regain control of their life. I'm a traditional guy who broke free from traditional thinking in order to reinvent what it means to truly enjoy life. And now, as a minimalist, I'm living, growing, creating, and sharing this journey with nothing to hide. I teach you powerful and encouraging ways to think differently and kickstart a happier life on your own terms. Scared of real conversations? (laughs) Not me. Stumbles, struggles, habits, relationships, minimalism, money, health, we'll talk about all of it. This is where I answer your questions and dive deep into conversations meant to encourage, empower, and deploy a new way of thinking. I hope you're ready to grow and learn together with me on this journey. So get comfy and let's jump into it. Welcome to Where Do I Start? Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Where Do I Start podcast. I'm Ron Banks, and today is episode nine. And we're actually going to dive into some interesting topics today. We're going to discuss the true meaning of minimalism, and we're also going to talk about some of the myths and misconceptions of this lifestyle. And then later on in this episode, we're actually going to kick off a new segment here on the Where Do I Start podcast, where I directly answer your questions. So I have a handful of questions here that you have asked me, and I can't wait to dive into them and answer them. You know, I'm excited about this new segment, and, you know, I'm not sure if it will be a part of every episode moving forward, but I do hope you find value in it. Now, before we dive into these questions, let's start this conversation off at the beginning and talk about this whole minimalism thing for a second, right? So what is the true meaning of minimalism? Now, if you're familiar with me and my content, you know that I love posing questions to get you and those listening involved in a conversation, right? So if you can, I want you to take a second to write down what the true meaning of minimalism is to you, right? What do you think that means, right? Write down your answer and you can share it with me or just use it as a foundation for this conversation we're going to have. Now, personally, I define minimalism like this. Minimalism is living with more of what matters by choosing to want less of what doesn't. I'm gonna say that again. Minimalism is living with more of what matters by choosing to want less of what doesn't. Now, you may have noticed that nowhere in that statement did I mention or compare minimalism to the idea of living with less. Now, yes, living with less is a part of it in a way, right? But the phrase living with less, I feel, is misunderstood and sometimes taken too literal, meaning we feel like we can't buy things, we can't own things, we have to live without in order to be a minimalist. And that's just not the case, right? Uh, You know, what I want you to do is I want you to think of this phrase, living with less, as one piece to the puzzle, right? In the puzzle that is intentional living or minimalism, right? So living with less is a part of this journey. It's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the entire picture. Decluttering is a part of this journey. It's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the entire picture. 
having a minimalist aesthetic to your space, right? Whatever that means <laughs> is a part of this journey. It's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the entire picture. See, all of these things, right, that, that come with the conversation of minimalism, there's a balance between them all, right? And that balance is shaped by our individual personal needs, right, our personal values, you know, our core values, uh, our lifestyle interests, right? So what do you enjoy doing? As an example, Lexi and I, we enjoy rock climbing and hiking. So we have shoes and equipment that cater to that activity, right? We we golf as well. So we both have golf clubs, a set of golf clubs that cater to that activity. We work out, we run, so we have shoes and pull-up bars and rubber bands that cater to those activities, right? So those things play into our lifestyle interests and our personal values, right? Another thing that helps shape this balance is what phase in life are you in, right? Because I like to say that different phases in life require different things and necessities. So are you single or do you live with a family? Depending on which phase of life you're in will determine what that balance looks like for you. Now, without getting too far into the weeds of what minimalism is, because I know I can talk a long time about this and really get into the weeds of it, and, and I don't want to do that, right? I, actually, what I want to do is I want to talk for a few moments about some of the myths and misconceptions surrounding this topic of lifestyle, because I truly feel that if we can understand the myths and misconceptions of what minimalism is, then that's going to help us wrap our minds around what minimalism truly means, right? So the first myth and misconception I want to talk about is minimalism is black and white and all about aesthetics, Meaning your walls have to be white. Your walls have to be bare. You can't have art hanging on your walls. You can't have color in your space. And to be honest, it just isn't true, right? If you love art, embrace art. If you love color, embrace color, right? Minimalism is not a look. Minimalism is not an aesthetic. Minimalism is a mindset, right? It's, it's a way of thinking. It's a perspective. It's how you view life and the things you bring into your life. Is by no means does it have to look a certain way. And I'm going to use myself as an example for this because uh, it's what I'm thinking about right now. If you look at uh, our apartment, if you look at some of my recent YouTube videos, you will see our apartment and you will see that our apartment has a very neutral color palette, blacks, whites, grays, browns, and some greens from the plants that we own. Now, if you look at this from the outside looking in, our apartment fits the exact thing this statement says. It's a very black and white, aesthetically pleasing space, right? We don't have art on our walls. We have white walls without art on our walls, right? So it fits everything that this says. But if you allow me to explain, the reason we don't have art on our walls is because we've yet to find anything that we like enough to hang on our walls. Now, trust me, we've been looking. We looked at a mirror for our dining room. We've looked at some abstract pieces for our living room, but we haven't found anything that we like enough to spend money on to then hang on our walls. That's just something that we've yet to do. Doesn't mean we want in the future. Like I said, we're looking, but we just haven't found that piece that works for us. Now, if you go back a few years and look at our old apartment, you will see that we had a big red sectional couch. That in itself goes against everything this myth and misconception says, right? It's not black. It's not white. Uh, it could be aesthetically pleasing, depending on how you design it. But we had a big red sectional couch. Now, the reason we don't still have that couch is because it was too big to fit in our current apartment. But trust me, if it did fit in here, we would have kept that couch. We absolutely loved it. It was comfortable. It was large. You could lay back on it, relax, watch a movie, take a nap. We did all of those things, right? It was big enough for us to stretch out and not be in each other's way, right? With me being six feet 
you know, I had plenty of room without being in her way while she was trying to nap. So uh, we love that couch. But like I said, it was too big to fit in this space. So again, if you love color, embrace color. If you love art, embrace art. There's absolutely nothing wrong with those things. The second myth and misconception is that the clothes you wear are boring, plain, not expressive or reflective of your personality. And that's just not true again, right? Um, you know, there are some who practice minimalism who have a capsule wardrobe or believe in a capsule wardrobe and their capsule wardrobe may be very basic, you know, basic t-shirts and jeans and that's about it. And then you have others who live a minimalist and intentional lifestyle who do not believe in a capsule wardrobe and use their clothes truly as a way to express themselves. So at the end of the day, if you love color in your clothes, if you love basics in your clothes, if you love stripes and patterns, if you like solid colors, whatever it is for you that you like when it comes to wearing your clothes or how you wear your clothes, do that, right? Because we have to maintain a piece of ourselves regardless of what lifestyle we choose to live, which is why you'll notice in all of my content across everything that I share and post on, I'm always communicating to stay true to you. That's the most important piece in all of this. If you're not true to you, regardless of how simple you try to live or how intentional you try to be, it's just not going to work. So if you love, again, if you love color, if you love patterns, if you love different materials, love those things, embrace those things. Just remember to be intentional and purposeful about everything you're doing. The third misconception uh, is an interesting one. And it says that minimalism focuses on the lack of possessions, right? This idea of living without. Like I mentioned, you know, sometimes we feel like we can't buy things, that we have to live without, that, that minimalism is, uh, you know, living without essentially, but it's not. It, trust me, it's not. Minimalism is actually living with more by choosing to want less of what doesn't matter, right? Minimalism is not living without. It's living with everything you need. And the way you wrap your mind around that is by focusing on yourself, on your own journey, and not trying to mimic this minimalist aesthetic you see online, right? Your journey is always going to be unique to you. So the way you live your life should be unique as well. Be intentional, but always stay true to you. The fourth misconception um, that I've heard is that minimalism is only for the rich or well-off because the rich can quote unquote afford to get rid of things. And uh, I, I just don't understand this. And I know I shared and I talked about this in a YouTube video in the past, and I'll definitely talk about it again here on the podcast in the future, but I don't want to get too far off topic, right? Because I can get into the weeds of this as well with some of these myths and misconceptions. But uh, like I said, this journey is truly about more than the things you own. It's truly about more than just decluttering. It's an entire lifestyle shift and change. And we have to keep that in mind. All right. Okay. Now I think it's time for uh, what might become my favorite part of the Where Do I Start podcast, a new segment where I answer your questions directly. Now, if you have questions that you want me to answer or talk about in future episodes, make sure you follow me on social media or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Ronald L. Banks. On those platforms, just keep an eye out for any post I share regarding upcoming podcast topics. On those posts, you can share your question and I might answer it in future episodes. All right, like I said, I'm really excited to dive into and answer these questions. I hope you're excited as well. And if you are, let's jump into it. Hey, if this is your first time tuning in, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the show and become a part of this growing community so you can not only listen to all of the interesting episodes coming up in the next few weeks, but so you can also join in on the conversation and share what you're learning with the people most important to you in your life. 
You can find Where Do I Start on all your favorite podcast platforms. All right. The first question I have is from Arane, and the question is this. What would you say to someone who says that minimalism still has you defined by your stuff, just in a different way, by what you don't have or by what perfect items you do have? It's a great question. Um, Okay, I want to answer this question by focusing on two words that stood out to me in this question, right? And those two words are defined by. See, to me, this speaks towards the idea of someone else judging you or defining who you are. So I would say to this person, if they asked me this, that you should never concern yourself with how someone else views you, defines you, judges you based on what you have or don't have or how you choose to live your life. At the end of the day, there's always going to be someone who agrees with you or disagrees with you, right? That's just the nature of life. It just is. In a perfect world, we would judge people by their character and not by the things they own or don't own or any other factor for that matter. But as we all know, it just doesn't play out that way all the time. So I think it's best to focus on our core values, right? The core reasons why we chose to do something or chose not to do something. So in this case, why did you choose to live a minimalist lifestyle? If that's clear to you, then how someone else defines you shouldn't matter, right? I hope that answers your question. All right. The second question I have is from Malik. How do you maintain a minimalist lifestyle without being influenced by past habits? Ooh. Okay. Uh, I wrote something down <laughs> uh, because I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss it when I was answering this question. So I wrote down, I said, you can only be influenced by things you give the power of influence to. I'll say that again. You can only be influenced by the things that you give the power of influence to. In this case, old habits can and will only influence your present life if you allow them to. And uh, to take this a step further, Malik, because I know we know each other personally, so I'm sure this sports or football reference will make sense to you. They say great offense is good, right? But defense wins games. So in order to win this game you're playing against past habits, you have to implement tactics and strategies that will stop them from influencing your life or taking control of the tempo of the game. And you do that with a head-to-head matchup, meaning you have to get clear on your why and start building the right habits that then support the minimalist lifestyle or intentional lifestyle that works for you, right? So in other words, in order to maintain a minimalist lifestyle, you have to develop habits that support that. And since all of your focus will be on building these new habits, the old ones will no longer have the power to influence you, if that makes sense, right? I hope that makes sense. And I hope it answers your question. All right. The third question I have is from CM. What are the differences between minimalism for a large family versus minimalism for an individual? Uh, good question. Okay, to answer that, I don't think there's a defined difference between the two. Because if we step back, right, for a minute, minimalism essentially is a tool. And we're taking that tool and applying it to our lives in a way that works for us, right? So different phases in life require different things and necessities. So by default, a large family will have more basic needs than someone who is single and living by themselves, right? 
However, regardless of that, <laughs> I believe the principles of minimalism and decluttering would still apply just in a different way, right? With more intention, if that makes sense. So for example, let's take a, a large family with young kids, right? Young kids means there's a lot of toys and gadgets everywhere, right? Now, personally, I don't have kids yet, um, but thinking ahead, I do have a few ideas on how I may approach something like this. And actually, Lexi and I have actually had conversations uh, about this, ironically, <laughs> thinking ahead into our future. But uh, we will most likely approach it two different ways. One, from the perspective of talking to our kids about the trade-offs of having an excess amount of toys, right? So the more toys you have, the longer it will take you to clean, thus taking time away from other things you want to do. And two would be from the perspective of anytime there's a new toy they want, um, they have the option to then donate a toy they no longer want. So almost like a one in one out method per se. But I think regardless of the size of the family, these ideas uh, should remain the same, right? They're just applied differently based on your unique and personal situation. I hope that helps. Okay. The last question I have here is from Tiffany. Uh, how does one stop themselves from feeling guilty about keeping something, especially if it's not particularly useful? You'll probably never need or look at it, but it still has some emotional baggage. Or how to let go of something if it's in the aforementioned category? Mm. Okay. Um, so in a nutshell, this question is about sentimental items, I think. So how do we not feel guilty for keeping them? And then how do we let them go when we're ready to do so? Now, to answer that, uh, I first want to explain where guilt comes from, right? So guilt is this uh, emotional experience <laughs> that we feel whenever we feel or believe that we've compromised our own standards. So in the context of your question, Tiffany, someone may feel guilty about keeping something because for some reason they believe keeping this item goes against their standard or what they believe their standard should be. So how do we deal with this, right? Uh, the first thing is to be gentle with yourself. Remember, this journey is a process. You know, it should be fun and it's going to be unique to you. Uh, number two is if you decide to keep these items, maybe you find a way to repurpose them. That way you can then uh, get value from them, right? Or you can simply find a balance between how much you keep and how much you get rid of. So instead of holding on to everything or instead of feeling like you have to get rid of everything, maybe you keep a small box worth of things that resonate most with you. Right. And then how do we let go of these things? I believe was the other part of your question. Yeah. How do we let go of these things uh, whenever we feel like we're ready to do so? Um, I think we definitely have to approach decluttering these items at a much slower pace than we would anything else. Right. Because there's an emotional attachment that's rooted in us. And because of that, there's levels that we have to work through before we can completely let something like this go. Right. So why do we have this emotional attachment? Uh, where is this emotional attachment coming from? How deeply rooted is it, right? Having these conversations with ourselves and answering these questions are going to help us wrap our minds around how to deal with the sentimental items in our lives, right? But I think it's important to remember that letting go and decluttering is not meant to be a race, right? You should always move at a pace uh, that works for you. I hope that helps you, Tiffany, and I hope it helps anyone else who may be struggling with sentimental items as well. 
You just finished another episode of Where Do I Start? And I feel like this conversation may have flew by just a little too quickly, don't you think? You can check out the show notes and other resources over at ronaldlbanks.com. If you enjoyed this episode and it resonated with you, do me a favor and share it with someone you know and love. Also, subscribe to the show and leave a review if you haven't done so already. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as all your other favorite podcast platforms. If you want to connect with me directly, you can follow me on social media everywhere at I'm Ron Banks. If you want to support this show and have access to not only our private Q&A podcast, where I answer your where do I start questions, but also receive special writings and other exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash Ronald L. Banks. Thank you so much for listening. Keep growing on your journey and always remember to stay true to you. I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.